power of the blood cross is still the same today. The power of his blood still washes sins away. The power of his love draws us to his side. The power of his amazing grace redeems and sanctifies. Oh, the power of the Father. Oh, the power of the Son. Oh, the power of the Spirit. The power of His grace to everyone. The power of the cross is still the same today. The power of his blood still washes sins away. The power of his love draws us to his side. The power of his amazing grace redeems and justifies. Oh, the power of the Father. Oh, the power of the Son. Oh, the power of the Spirit. The power of His grace to everyone. Oh, the power of the Father. Oh, the power of the Son. Oh, the power of the Spirit. The power of His grace to everyone. The power of His grace to everyone. Thank you, Derek. Amen. Give me some more power here. That's better. How you doing? It's good. To, it's good to be here today. That's Ursula. I recognize that South African voice, and uh, I'm delighted to be here today. And I've, I just let you know, I haven't played the accordion since this time last year. Since the last time I was here. So it's a bit strange when you haven't played it for a while. But it doesn't matter because the Holy Sp Spirit is able, amen, to work in us, to work through us. And uh, let me just get my notes here. And it's great to be here. It's great to be with Derek and Maggie and the family and, and all the rest of you. And uh, 
some new faces, some old faces, some very old faces. This guy wanted to buy a parrot, it talked. And uh, he uh, went down to the pet shop, and the, the pet shop said, oh, but I don't have any parrots that talk. He said, but I'll tell you, once a month we have an auction, and uh, there's always a parrot at the auction, so you know, you'll probably get one there. So he, next month he went down to the auction, and sure enough, there's a beautiful parrot, just beautiful. And uh, so he started bidding for it, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 500 bucks. Finally, he bought it for 600 bucks. So he's writing the check out of the auctioneer, and he said to the auctioneer, well, I sure hope that bird can talk. For, five, for 600 bucks, I hope that bird can talk. He said, talk? He's been bidding against you for the last 300 bucks. <laughs> you don't know if they got it. copy just in case and my, my iPad's acting up today so let me just try something else here that's it that's it it's not it hold on I told the I told the, how many were not here last year when I told the other joke anybody not here ah, it's, I'll tell you just in case you old people forget so this woman used to pass by a pet shop to work every day, a pet shop every day. And one day, the pet shop owner put a parrot outside the door on a perch. So as the lady passed by about six feet away, the parrot goes, ugly, ugly, ugly. And the woman was horrified. And this went on for about a week. So finally, she went into the owner of the shop and said, I'm sick of that bird. Every time I pass it, it says I'm ugly. So the owner said, madam, you won't do it. You won't do it again. So the next day, she passes by, six feet by, and the parrot just looks. You know how the parrots look? <laughs> Never said a word. The next day she goes by, she goes in three feet, a bit closer, passes the parrot and... Never said a word. The third day she goes right up and looks at the parrot. She looks straight in the parrot's face. And the parrot said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> It's okay to be happy in church, isn't it? It's all right. <laughs> Praise God. Well, so a week later, when I told this joke in my house, and that was a joke for the week, or the month, actually. So one night, Margaret said to me, how do I look in this dress? I said, you know. <laughs> and I, I had to get my eye open three days later, you know. <laughs> That's all right. It's good to have fun, isn't it? Honestly, I'm delighted to be here tonight, today. I'm sweating. It's the first time I've sweated. I've never played accordion for years. I'm sweating here. Is it warm in here? Or is it just me, the Holy Spirit? Is it? <laughs> it's good to be here. Margaret said, my wife Margaret says hi, and hopefully now, if God permits, I'd like to come down next year and do something different with Margaret in the church just to bless you guys. And uh, so let's pray about it and make sure we, we can come down. Amen? Things are going well. We're all busy. Kids are doing well. I have three grandkids, 18, 14, and 2. And uh, when my grandkids come to my house, it's the house of yes. How many know what I'm talking about? When they come to Grandpa's house, they can do anything. Anything. Mama might not like it, but Papa likes it. Grandpa likes it. Amen? So it's just good to be here. It's good to see, it's good to see Gwen too, Gwen. And it's the first time I've seen this in Michael Fassen. 
I want to read something. Ne- Nehemiah chapter 4. And I, I think, Derek, it's honestly, it's so good to see you and Maggie. And the church is doing well. They're a beautiful church. And uh, just nice and warm. It? I mean, not, not the temperature. It's warm as well. But just the colors. And thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the Word. You know, we can have all the different things we have. But we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And we need to understand that God can do anything to anybody whenever he wants. And I just want you to have an open ear today. That's how, the Bible says that him that has an ear to hear, let him hear. That's a, that could presuppose you can have an ear and not hear. And if you've had kids, you understand that very well. They can hear, but they don't really hear. But God doesn't want you only to hear, but God also wants you to have an, a spirit to receive. Because you can hear the word. And, and Hebrews said they heard the word, but they never mixed it with faith in, when they heard it. So it didn't do them any good. But I want you to have a spirit received today because I believe God has sent me with a word for you, a word of encouragement, a word from the word. And uh, when we go out of here today, we're going to be blessed, we're going to be challenged, and we're going to see, we're going to be excited and inspired to do great things for God. Can I hear an amen? amen. Now, it's funny because that accepted me with about 500 people coming today. And I, I, think, I think he was counting the fingers. You know what I mean? <laughs> he never said that at all. He started it, by the way, didn't he? He's, he said... People ask me one time, why do you count people? I said, because people count. Amen. Jesus went after the one and left the 99, so people count. And we're glad you're here today because if, if it was just Derek and Maggie, I'd be, they've heard everything I've said before. So I mean, <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't heard this. <laughs> so Nehemiah chapter 4. When Sanballat heard that we were building, rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed, and he ridiculed the Jews. One of the first things you'll find out is the enemy, when you're going to do something for God, he'll start to ridicule you. He'll start to throw insults at you. So we'll, we'll deal with that later on. And in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they, will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? It's funny. Who said that to finish in a day? I remember years ago when our pastor came from Australia, and he did about six months, and I was out playing golf on the Monday, and I said, he said, yeah, I said, there was only six people who gave the lights to Jesus last week, Steve, last night. And he looked at me and said, well, Bobby, he says, we're not here for last night. We're here for the long haul. And sometimes you see things, you don't see things, you think, oh, no, we're here for the long haul. We're not here for today. We're not here for last week. We're here for the eternity. Are you with me? Till Jesus comes back. So will they finish in a day? Kind of. Can they bring these stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? And if you want a title, if you're taking notes today and you want to title this message, here it is. Can God use burned stones? Can God use burned stones? Now, the immediate answer is, of course he can. But let's have a look at the, the verse and see what it says. See, the, Jerusalem had been burned by the Chaldeans and left in ruins once a place of glory, once a place of beauty, people came from all over the city of David, people came from all over to see it, but now it had become a place of shame, of ashes, of ridicule, of burned stones, stones that had fallen out of the wall and out of their destiny of protecting God's people. So these stones, it's an interesting story. If you read the Bible, I'm sure you do, Zerubbabel came and renewed the temple. He, He rebuilt the temple. But he didn't finish the job. He never rebuilt the walls. He built the temple, 
but he should have rebuilt the walls to protect the temple. Are you with me today? And so many times you and I are guilty of doing half of the job, but we never just quite finish the job. Are you with me? There's a lot of people who are with you to begin with, but you never see them after 100 yards. Are you with me today? So if you're, you know, if I'm going to, let me tell you this. If you want to get the best out of me, say something like, I feel you. Right. Or I'm with you. I'll just go for it, Robert. Now, I believe this is the south down here, right? So let's be southern today. We're not up in Yankee land. We're down here in the south. So you go get it done. And the more you encourage me, the better I'll get. And if you really encourage me, I'll preach for an hour and a half. So. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so Zerubbabel had, did not finish a job. And here's, a, here's a, the walls in ruin. And there's a pile of rubble, burned stones. And it seemed like they would never be used again. But how many know this morning, nothing, see, nothing is just as it seems. What you think is a disaster can be a victory. Are you with me today? It seemed like they would never be used again, but things are never as they seem. Never write a burned stone off. Now, burned stones in, this, in my message speaks about Christians that once run well, and now they've fallen by the way. But how many know God loves burned stones? And he goes after them. So never look at a burned stone and think, well, they'll never, they'll never do this again. They'll never do that again. Yes, they will. Because God's a supernatural God, and he does supernatural things. There's nothing to harm for God. And God does never, he never ignores burned stones. He goes after them. And he restores them, and he puts them back in place. Are you with me today? So things are never as they seem. And people, it's easy. In First, in first Peter 2, it says, we are living stones built up in habitation of the Lord. See, it's easy when we get burned to fall out of the place where God has us and the place of our destiny. I'm telling you now that if people have left this church, and it was the place of their destiny, but, and they should never have left. And I'll just be honest. I'll be candid. I'll be honest with you. And it's the same in our church. The people have left our church, and they should never have left because that was a place of destiny. Listen, the Bible says, they that are, in, they that are, if, I'll get it. They that are in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Are you with me? And you've got to understand your destiny. It's not about getting offended. It's an amazing thing, isn't it? We get offended, and we, and we fall out of our destiny, and, and we wonder why things don't happen the way they should, and I deal with people all the time. They're not doing what God's called them to do, and things don't seem to happen. And, you know, and, but, I mean, there are some people that maybe don't belong to this church, and, they're over, and there's someone else. That's great. But I know, and I've been here a long time, there are people that should be here that should never have left here. Are you with me? Do you feel me? Yes. That's not what I'm looking for. Do you feel me? Yes. No, I, I feel you. That's good. Get her done. The truth is, you see, by the way, what time did we close? I forgot to ask you. What time? 10, 12, 15. We'll give him five minutes. Five more minutes. We'll give him five more minutes. Five, 10, 15. Oh, we're fine. What's that? That's right. So, thank you. Whatever you need, but we're leaving at 1230, right? That's what we tell preachers. say, How long should I preach in our church? Well, we'll be leaving at 1230 so you can preach as long as you want. And if you preach, I don't know. So we get a, people get offended. It's amazing, isn't it? The Bible says in Luke 17, offenses will come. Now, that's not gray. That's black and white. It's, it's not, maybe offenses will come, but you'll get offended in church sooner or later. 
the parking lot, the guys maybe coming in the door, the guy at the church maybe just says something you don't like. Maybe the ushers will maybe say something you don't like. And God forbid if Pastor Derek would say something, it would offend you, because he's the most gentle person I've ever met. No, I'm not talking about Maggie. I'm talking about Derek right now. I mean, if, if that. Now, yeah, we're, talk, we're family here, right? I mean, Maggie maybe. But I mean, Derek is, a, is the most generous, loving person, people person. But I could well imagine that he's standing here preaching someday and he'll say something you don't like. And you get offended. But the Bible says offense, offenses will come. Somebody's laughing because they know what I'm talking about. It's amazing. You know, Mark and I have been married for 44 years this last Friday. <laughs> 37 were great. <laughs> if she heard me. But you know how many times, listen ladies, it's, I'm talking to ladies right now. Do you know how many times Margaret's offended me? Don't look at me like that. A thousand times. Do you know how many times I've offended Margaret? 10,000 times. We're still married. Never once have I thought of divorce. Thought of murder a thousand times. But, but we get offended. We, we offend each other, but we've never thought of leaving the marriage, right? But it's funny that people come to church and, and they get offended and the first thing they do is to leave the church. We need to grow up. And we need to realize the devil's out to offend us and get us off track because and, and he wants, the devil wants to make us a pile of burned stones. But God's not looking for a pile of burned stones. He's looking for the faithful ones that are in the wall doing what they're supposed to do. People that are in their destiny, whether you're an usher, whether you're a, a, a coffee maker, it doesn't matter what you are, you're doing what God has called you to do. If you're a caretaker, you're doing what God has called you to do. Not everybody can preach. Not everybody can sing. I'd be hopeless as a caretaker. <laughs> but the truth is, we get, we get offended. And here's the script I'm looking for I couldn't get in Psalm 92. Those, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. If you're planted, if you're, are you with me? If you're planted, you'll flourish. See, God grieves for us when we get burned. Because the Bible says in Hebrews, he's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. And Nehemiah, here's a story about Nehemiah. He's in another country. And the Bible says that he gets a burden to go back and rebuild the walls. The walls have been broken down for 18 years. And God gets a hold of this man, Nehemiah, and he gets a burden. The Bible says that Nehemiah was the cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. Now, you know what a cupbearer was? That's the guy that sipped the Kool-Aid to make sure it was okay before he gave it to the king. That's exactly what he did. And the truth is, you didn't give that job to anybody. You gave it to a loyal person. And the Bible says that Nehemiah was always happy in the presence of the king. Wouldn't you be if you sipped the juice you're still living? <laughs> He sipped the juice, he was still here. He was happy. He had a bright face, a bright countenance. But somehow, this one day, his countenance was down. Because when you get a burden, it's not all happy-go-lucky, slappy-agapi. Sometimes when you get a burden, it's, it's a burden. 
until you get it released. Are you with me? Now, a burden from the Lord I'm talking about. Not a burden because of what we've done, a burden, a flesh burden. But I'm talking about a burden from the Lord. It's heavy in your heart. You get a heart for souls. You get a heart for the lost. You get a heart for family members. Are you with me? And he got, he was, he got a heart for, to rebuild the walls. He was a trustworthy person. Listen. And he had an unusual resume. Instead of leaving a path of destruction behind him, he's left to tackle a path of destruction ahead of him. His resume was completely different from most people's. Nehemiah was a man. Listen, number one, he was faithful. And if you're going to do anything for God, you've got to be a person who is faithful. Be here when the doors are open, if, if physically possible. You know, I know there's sickness, and I know there's something jobs come in, into, into play. But if God wants to look for someone who is faithful, he was loyal. He was a loyal person. That's why the king had him. He'd watched the king and watched him and had asked other people about him, what kind of guy is Nehemiah? Because I want to use him. And when you look for people to work in the church, that's how you do it. You kind of look around, you ask the people, you know, we have a big church and we, we don't know everybody, but we ask around people that know them and say, now how are they before we get them involved in, in any leadership? And that's how Artaxerxes had done it. He, he'd watched them and, and, and somebody came back and said, oh, he's loyal. And he was a person also of integrity. You've heard me say this a hundred times. I'm going to say it again. If you have integrity, nothing else matters. If you don't have integrity, nothing else matters. If people can't trust you, I don't care what you say. They just, they just can't trust you. But if you're a person of integrity, when you're doing a job, when you're costing a job, if you're a businessman and you're pricing a job, you price it with integrity. If you're doing the job, do it with integrity. Can I, can I feel me? I'm not going to ask you again. I want you to do it in your own volition the next time. Because God wants us to be integritous. God wants us to, and he was a man who also had an ear to hear from God. And I'm telling you, folks, we can be loyal, we can be faithful, we can be integritous, but let's have an ear to hear. Never get into the position that we know everything, because we don't. Maybe some of you are older than me, but I'm 67, and I'll tell you, I used to think I knew everything when I was 30. Then I realized, no, I don't. Because my wife told me I don't. <laughs> right, John? So, but you've got to understand, but you've got to have an ear to hear from God and a, and a, and a, a spirit to listen. And he got, a, he got a burden from God. And you know how it, when you get something from God, I know how, how, how can you tell? Because it never goes away. A fad goes away. And when, I was, when I was a young boy, when I was maybe seven, you know, and I have a good memory. I have to have. When I was with seven, I wanted to be a fireman. When I was seven, I wanted to be a, a cop. Now that I'm 67, I don't want to be a cop. God bless them. I pray for them all the time, the job they've got to do. I don't want to be a fireman. I don't want to climb up that great big ladders and buildings and crawl through spaces. I'm claustrophobic. But that was a fad. When I was a kid, I was a fad. And it sounded good. I want to be a fireman. I want to be an astronaut. That's fads. But I'll tell you what, when I was a young kid, I always wanted to serve God. I always wanted to do something for God. And here I am still. And it wasn't a fad. Why? Because I'm still here. After all these years, uh, my cousin Philip, he was celebrating 50 years. I'm, I'm the same. I'm 50 years in the ministry and, and still going strong. Why? Because it was a burden from the Lord. And when you get it from God, it will never, never leave you. Are you with me? So when you do something for God, expect resistance as you are walking in your destiny. I'll never forget, years ago I was in Toronto, 
And I'm walking through this marketplace. I love markets. And, and most of us, the Camerons love marketplaces. I just know that. And uh, we, 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 my dad and I were walking through this marketplace in Toronto. And there's two buildings. And we're walking between the two buildings. This woman passed us. I never knew her from Adam. And she looked and she said to me, you and your Jesus. You and your Jesus. The demon was talking. Because they recognized the Holy Spirit in us. You and your Jesus. So when you're doing something with God, you will get resistance. But that's okay because he's overcome the world. When, when, when God uses you, people think, oh, well, you know, what can they do? They'll try and discourage you. The enemy will use words like confusion. You know, words can stop us from our destiny. You know the old thing, sticks and stones can break our bones, but words will never hurt us? That's rubbish. Words will hurt you. Many people have lost out in their destiny because they've listened to a word somebody said to them, you're no good, you're the, we know you from before, you'll never make it, we know your background. Yeah. It's all covered in the blood, but, but God knows us, are you with me? So just understand, he'll, the enemy will confuse you with words, he'll confuse you with, he'll, he'll confuse you with questions. In the Garden of Eden, what did, the, what did the serpent say to Eve? He said, did God say? He never said God said. He just planted the seed of confusion. Did God say, are you in the right place? Are you doing what you should be doing? Do you, th you know, and all that kind of stuff. It'll, it'll bring confusion. You know, and that's, that's what they did, and, and that's what uh, Sanballat did. He said, Where, what are these feeble Jews doing? Notice how he spoke down to them. Spoke down. What are this little group doing? What is this little group doing? And trying to discredit the workers. Will, this, will they restore the walls? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring those stones back to life, burned as they are? He'll throw words at us. He'll throw insults at us. In verse 3, he says, even a fox can break down these walls. And I'm sure the devil's come to you and the enemies come to you and say the same thing. Oh, you'll, it'll never last. It'll never work. But here we are 30 years later and it's still working. Are you with me? So he's just a, he's a deceiver. That church has gone through so many pastors already. It'll, it, it'll never work. But God has a plan that will bless us, that will help us. See, here are some things that can burn us. We are taking notes. Here's note number one. Tension and conflict. If you're, if you're going to, in fact, the truth is, it's, it's all through life. Everybody, at some level, has tension and conflict. It's part of life, tension and conflict. It's just part of life. Kids bring you tension. Marriage brings you tension because you're not your own anymore. You have to work and you have to learn to work with each other. And I mean, there's, there's tension there. There's tension. I've, I've told you the story before. I'm sure you had a little boy flying a kite and he's holding a stick and the kite thinks, wow, it's 100 feet up. And he's, if that little boy would like release him from that, if he just released the kite, me, I could fly so high. But the truth is, the moment the tension is gone, the, fight, fight, the kite will, fly, will fall down because the, it's the tension that keeps us up. Oh, thank you, dearie. Thank you. If, well, I'm, if she's good enough to bring it, I'm good enough to drink it. Hold on. Forgive me. <laughs> so where was I again? I was getting a drink there. So tension and conflict. 
Tension, we all have tension. Tension in business. Will I get a job today? Will I do this day? What will happen? I've got, people, I've got guys working for me. I need to get salary. I need to get all the tension. But that's part of life. Because the moment you don't have tension, you're in a box six foot two. But you understand that we can use that tension to keep us up. Use that tension to keep us buoyant. Because let me tell you something. Without battles, there would be no victories. And, wh and why would we get li a life of ease, right? Why would we get a life of ease while others through the, the history has, has, has just gone through all kinds of hard trials? Why would we be different? Now, don't get me wrong. We've got a good life. I think here in America, we're blessed. Are we, aren't we? We're blessed. And, uh, but, I mean, still, we have our, we have our trials. We have trials with family, trials with, with uh, all finances and all that kind of things. So tension and conflict will burn you. Painful experiences and relationships in life will burn you. Church people are not perfect, and chances are they can burn you. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about, do you? I think you do. Sheep bite. I'm going to tell you a story. My Uncle John told me this. He raised sheep in his farm, a few sheep, and then he had these Clydesdale horses, right? And he was telling me one day, he says, you know, Robert, he says, it's an amazing thing that the sheep will always try and break the fence down, but those big, docile horses could knock the thing down in one swoop, and yet they'll never go near a fence. So there are reasons why the Bible calls us sheep. Do you feel me? Because he knows we're stubborn and stiff-necked. We know he'll try and knock the fences over. He will know and try, but whereas if we were docile, we would know. But he knows us, so he called us sheep. And he called himself a shepherd. And the shepherd is, looks after the sheep. Are you with me? So understand that. We have this painful experience will come to our, uh, to, to our life. Because the truth is, we get crushed sometimes. But honestly, if you, the, re the reason you get perfume is because they crush flowers to get the perfume. And sometimes when we think we're crushed, it's only God bringing us through a circumstance so he can get the best out of us out the other end of the, the circumstance. Because he'll always bring us out of the other end of the circumstance. He'll never leave you in a circumstance. He'll always bring you out. Are you with me? Can you feel it? The third thing is broken promises and dreams. You had dreams. You've had promises and they've been broken, some of them. And it seems like, you know, but... God, sometimes our promises do get broken, and sometimes our dreams seems like they're shattered, but God will give you another dream. We had a, we had a, a wonderful lady in our church. She thought she was she had one of our campuses. We have seven campuses, and one of our campuses, she thought she was going to be the worship leader, and she was bypassed, and someone else got it, and she got offended and because our dreams were shattered, and she left the church. And it's sad because she was a great lady, a great worship leader, but it, because her dreams were shattered, she left. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Maybe sometimes your dreams will get shattered. Don't leave. Stay put. I don't know even why I'm saying this today. It's not part of my message. But stay put. Plant, be planted where God's, God has you, and you will flourish. No, I feel you. Never give up. Listen, never give up your dream. It might not be the right time. Nelson Mandela who sat in a prison for years. That's what he said. A winner is a dreamer who never gives up. A winner is a dreamer who never gives up. Never give up on your dreams. Look at some people in the Bible that were 
burn stones. Naomi. Remember the story of Naomi? She went into Moab. She left Israel, went into Moab with her two sons and her husband. And they, the two sons married. The, the husband and two sons died. And she was left with the two daughter-in-laws. And finally she decides to go back to her, her, her homeland. And uh, Orpah, the, Ruth and Orpah, and the Bible says that Ruth went up and kissed her. But Orpah claimed unto her. Many people kiss in the leave. But God's looking for those that are planted that will hold on and say, hey, your God will be my God. Your people will be my people. And look at it. You never hear of Oprah again, but you hear about Ruth as she goes to work in the fields of Moab. Uh, 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 Boaz. And, you, you, and, she, and she's in the lineage of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. There's something about sticking around and just understanding. Moab, Naomi said, God, is for, God has left me bar. God has... No, he hadn't. God used Naomi to get the job done for Ruth. Are you with me? So understand that. It, God will use the burn stones. Peter denied, denied Jesus three times. He was a burn stone. They had him over in a corner. Scumbag. Traitor. Turncoat. But when they saw Jesus at tomb, he said, hey, tell my disciples and Peter. He especially asked for Peter. Why? Because he knew what Peter was going to do. He was a burn stone, but God was going to take that burn stone and he's going to clean him up. And he was just sticking right back in the wall of his destiny so he could do something great for God. Are you with me today? And maybe some of you here today, you think like a burn stone. Well, I've got news for you. God sent me to tell you God's going to clean you up. No, these stones weren't just ordinary stones. They were shaped stones. You're not here because you're just a, a brick or a stone. You're here because you're shaped. God found you. You were lost. God found you and he brought you here. And he saved you and he set you free. And he's going to take you again. If you're a barnstone this morning, I'm getting used to you. He's going to change you. He's going to clean you up. He's going to throw you back right in the wall of your destiny. That's what God does best. God. So, you know, just here's some thoughts here. He positioned the army. Nehemiah positioned the army along the weak parts of the wall. And what does that say? It means that God puts something in your path to shore you up. When you're the weak part, when you're feeling, that's what the church is all about. When you're on the mully grubs, when you're feeling down, or when you're feeling confused, and, and when you're feeling like take, taking advantage of or offended, somebody, God sends somebody along to say, come on, I'll walk with you until you get through this situation. I'll walk with you. I'll walk with you. So listen, they took the burn stones, cleaned them up, put them back where they should be. So here's a thought in, in finishing. Don't waste your pain. Get purpose from it. When you're going through stuff, don't waste it. Learn from it. Of a, of a, of a guy in our church, he lost his two boys within three years. Both of them were 41. Lost them to drugs. And that, that's the only boys he had, no girls. He just had two boys. Lost them. And this guy was a successful businessman, and he, they do, both overdosed. But you know something? That man took his pain, and he learned from it. And he's teaching people about drugs, and he's teaching people how not to go down that road, and, and, and this and that and the other. Well, take your pain. Don't waste it and get purpose from it. Turn your test into a testimony. Like the three Hebrew children, they were fine in the fiery furnace. God was there. The Holy Spirit was there. But the, the kingdom never changed until they came out and told their testimony. They were not burned, not even a smell of burned. 
And Nebuchadnezzar said, their God will be my God. And he says, and their God will be your God. And the whole nation turned to God because of the testimony. Take your test, take your test and make it your testimony. Do you feel me? Don't just go through it, but grow through it. When you're in your situations, learn to grow. Get something from it so you're not coming out the same. Or you'll go back and do it again. But grow from your experiences. Grow from the times that, 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 you know, that you're going through. Make your mess your message. Fulfill your destiny. Help others fulfill their destiny. That's the secret right there. You, know? you can talk yourself out of your destiny. Or you can talk yourself into your destiny. James Cash was a young businessman. Went bankrupt. Had a nervous breakdown. He was in the, the mental hospital. And he's walking up the hallway one night. And he hears that an old couple had come in to do a chapel service. They, they, did it, they had done it for years. And they're in the chapel service. And he hears them singing, God will take care of me through every day, all of the way. An old hymn. Some of you might remember it. God will take care of you. God will take care of you. In that moment, the Holy Spirit touched him. Changed his life. He, 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 just, he, he knew right then, he says, he, he lost his depression, he lost his, his, his burnout, and he came out of that hospital, started a business that we all know, it's called J.C. Penny. Jack, James Cash Penny, started a business, and by the time he, he died, he was given 90% of his money away to missions into, into the kingdom. Because some couple, some old couple, was doing, just doing the thing, doing the stuff, just singing to the people in the hospital, but somebody came along and got touched. See, sometimes you don't know what you're doing. Derek was talking about when my dad put when my dad got saved in a little tea shop. Mrs. Stevens was the owner of the tea shop, and she put a track, a touch card between the salt and pepper. She never knew that one day he was going to come in and change change millions of people through his family. You never know what you're going to do. You don't need a whole lot. You use what you got. So listen, he wants to turn burn stones. About five more minutes. Your present situation is not your final destination. Are you with me? And, you know, and if you don't dream, you'll drift. You've got to have a dream. If you don't have a dream for your life, you're going to drift. You'll, you'll get somebody else's dream. And you'll wonder why it's not working for you. It's not your dream. Forget your dream. Get, get your dream for, for uh, the church here. Get the dream for this place and this building and, and go for it. Listen, I'll finish with this. Never let the size of your giant determine the size of your God. Don't you look at that giant and think, that's God. No, God is bigger than all your problems. He's bigger than all your fears. He's bigger than all your perplexities. He's bigger than all your anxieties. God is bigger than anything you could think or, or imagine. And never determine the size of your God by the size of your giant. And this I'll finish. I am finishing the last finishing. The wall lay broken for 18 years. And because of a man who got a vision. Now listen, God was so interested in his city, in Jerusalem, that he, he spoke to a man thousands of miles away. Nehemiah was thousands of miles away from Jerusalem. He spoke to him and said, give him a burden, go back and build the, city, build the wall. Those walls laid for 18 years, dormant, disheveled, burn stones, a pile of burn stones. And Nehemiah came along and built, rebuilt the walls in 18 days, in 52 days. 52 days. Why? Because somebody got a vision for burned stones. Let me tell you something. There are burned stones all around your city. 
There's barnstones of people that have once been here. And God is looking for a Nehemiah. Would you be that Nehemiah today? Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. First of all, every head bowed, every eye closed. And I'm going to ask you this question. You may be here today. I, don't, I know most of you. I don't know all of you. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus. And you're going to say, Robert, I want to give my life to Jesus. Because that's the start of coming out of being a burned stone and being set in the wall of your destiny. And you're here today while every head is bowed and every eye closed. You're going to say, Robert, I want to give my life to Jesus. I've never done it before. You may be here today and you say, well, I have done it before, Robert, but, but I've lost my way. I've lost my way, and I want to come back to the track. Well, every head is bowed and every eye closed. If you're any of these two categories, just slip your hand up right now, and I'm going to pray with you. Who will be number one? Yes, Robert. Yes, Robert. Number one. Anybody? Everybody. Well, there's nobody here today, but I'm going to tell you, let's pray to bring them in, people. Let's pray to bring them in so we can see decisions. Amen? Now, how many here this morning are you going to say, Robert? I want to be a Nehemiah. I want to help burned stones to be put back in the wall of their destiny. Slip your hand up today. Slip your hand up. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how feeble you are. God will use anybody that's willing to be used. Father, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you for the church. We thank you for Derek and Maggie and the leadership of this church, Lord. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you for your word. And Father, we pray today, Lord, every hand that's lifted, we will go after the burnt stones. Lord, you go after them and you restore them. And Father, we're going to go after them and we're going to restore them for the kingdom. And Father, we pray, just give us wisdom. Give us insight. Give us that supernatural click of the Holy Spirit to say the right word at the right time in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are amazing, you're supernatural, you do supernatural things. And Father, I just bless this church in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Well, I don't know about you, but that was a wonderful word. Hallelujah. Be encouraged today. This is a place where you matter and where, through Jesus, you can make a difference. Father, I just pray as it's been prayed for those that are born stones, that are going through a rough time. God's not through using you, nor blessing. Be encouraged today. There is a place for you in God. Father, just let them feel your presence feel your love as we sing this last song this morning. Let each and every one be encouraged in your precious name for a very, very wonderful, timely word. I thank you for it in my own life. I thank you for it for everyone that's here today. I thank you for our Swanee police. Lord, as they're facing things on the street every day, keep your hand upon them, keep your hand of protection around them. And Lord Jesus, for everyone that's in the hearing of my voice today, be blessed in your precious name. The closing moments of service, anyone that, that is sick and you need a touch, I'm going to ask Bob to come to the front again, and we'll anoint you with oil. But as the men uh, close this morning, hallelujah, just let us be blessed today in Jesus' name.